I've never met anyone who didn't want to be more confident. This is the Real Confidence Podcast, and I'm your host, Jennifer Brunson. My family instilled confidence in me at a very young age, and then in my early 20s, I traveled the country teaching college women to be more confident in leadership roles, in their daily lives. And now I'm a mom to two amazing and sassy little girls who I work to instill confidence in every single day. This podcast is here to increase my confidence and your confidence in our everyday lives, in our mental health, our emotional health, our physical health. Shoot, even in just getting along with your friends. If you're looking for real confidence, we're not talking about that fake it till you make it stuff. This is the real deal. Then tune in. This is Real Confidence with Jennifer Brunson. Hey y'all, today we are talking about why is confidence important? I mean, we all know, right? Why it's important. But let's talk about how it can change how we live, how we view ourselves, how we interact in community. And community is a big part of that. When I think about my confidence or my friend's confidence, I know that we stand on the shoulders of those who've come before us. So let's just give ourselves a break, a breath of fresh air, and know that confidence isn't something that we just have to muster up ourselves. It depends on those around us. It's formed by those around us and also us working on ourselves. So being in community is super important. In one of my work communities, we talk about borrowing confidence. So if I'm not feeling confident enough to do a certain project, I can borrow my friend's confidence, right? And I truly think that we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us and have helped us build our confidence while we're working on ourselves. So let me tell you where my confidence started. So my Mimi Sandra, my grandmother, she is 80 years old. She turned 80 years old this month. She still works, super fashionable, like, oh my gosh, just beautiful and inspiration. And she really built up my confidence during a very formative stage when I was in like that ugly duckling stage. Y'all remember, we've all been through it. Like for me, it was before middle school. I think a lot of people experience that in middle school, for me, it was like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. So just envision this. I was in a very save the rainforest um, phase. Like think Fern Gully. Who's with me? Who remembers Fern Gully? Save the rainforest. So I think my fourth grade class photo, I'm wearing a save the rainforest t-shirt. What that looked like was a big rectangle with a green tree frog on it. I had glasses, and I selected glasses that had uh, multicolored pineapples all over them, like the plastic kind before glasses were cool. Now people wear them like that don't even have corrective lenses. But like back then, glasses were not cool. I had pineapple glasses. And I have so much hair. Like I have, I've always, and Baylor, my seven-year-old is just like me. She has had an adult head of hair since she was like, too. So I have tons of hair, curly hair, coarse hair back in the day when no one knew what to do with curly hair, right? Like this was like 1994. Okay. So 
my hair is frizzy and I'm wearing like a multicolored bow. So I've got the rainforest shirt, the pineapple glasses, the multicolored bow. Like that's, that's what we're working with, right? Like plenty of reasons to be insecure. <clears throat> so my Mimi, um, would take those insecurities and I've got to ask her, I don't know if it was intentional or just out of how much she truly loved me, but she would take those insecurities and tell me that they were awesome attributes. So I spent a lot of time with her. And when I would see her, she would say, I was in town today and I ran into someone from the school and they were telling me how beautiful your hair is. And she would say, I wish I had thick, beautiful, curly hair like you. And I have olive skin. I would get very dark in the summer. And my grandmother would say, oh, I would just love to have that complexion. Your skin is so beautiful. And she pumped me up. She made me feel great about all of my natural attributes. And the timing was perfect because I was probably like, 9, 10, 11. And she did this throughout my whole life. But what's important is at that like 9, 10, 11 age, what we know now about girls and confidence is that they truly believe in themselves. They can do anything until around that like 9, 10, 11 age when the world starts telling them they're not good enough. So that phase is so important. And during that phase, she gave me so much confidence. And let me tell you, y'all, that confidence, that foundation, it created a solid foundation, was unshakable. Like in sixth grade, okay, let's just get personal real quick. I was not allowed to shave my legs yet. (laughs) And I would wear shorts to school And we were in a combined fifth and sixth grade class, which looking back, I'm like, that was kind of weird, but whatever. It was combined fifth and sixth grade. And the boys started calling me Harry because of my legs. Was I not confident about that? Nope. I, y'all, I rocked my shorts. I was so confident. It bothered me a little, but I was like, whatever. My hair's great. My skin's great. I'm confident. I, you know, am a nice person, whatever, like girl power, unshakable confidence. And that is really because I had a strong foundation. And then my parents, of course, played a huge role in that because they are the kind of parents that are like, you know, get up. We're going to do this. We're going to go for it. No excuses. Work hard. I literally remember going to freshman orientation at Mississippi State with my mom. And I was a really outgoing person, but it was intimidating, right? To be there alone and make friends. And there was a girl sitting nearby us with her mom. I literally remember my mom taking her two hands and pushing me and saying, go, go, go introduce yourself. And looking back at the time, I was like, oh my gosh, seriously, mom? But looking back, I'm so thankful she did that. And my dad was the same way. You're going to go do this. You're going to work hard. You're going to do your best. You're going to give your best. And so I was able to stand on their shoulders with my confidence because they instilled that in me. And we all have the opportunity to be those people for our children, our nieces, our friends, kids, 
all the kids in our lives, we can be that for them, which is really, really special. And then we can also be that in other phases of life for each other too. So that's really where my confidence started. And I want to talk about what we are without confidence. So if you're thinking, am I confident? I'm confident in this area, maybe not that area, or I don't feel confident at all, or I feel really confident. Wherever you're at, let's talk about what it looks like today in our lives. So without confidence, we self-select ourselves out of opportunities. Before we even go for something, we tell ourselves, well, I don't have X, or maybe I don't have that training, or maybe I don't have that experience, or I'm not fill in the blank enough, so I'm not even going to approach this opportunity. Y'all, that's our lives. We don't want to self-select ourselves out of wonderful things ahead. And additionally, if we don't have confidence, we're not living our full selves. Our God-given abilities, who God has made us to be, how he has designed us in his image, we can't fully be those people we're called to be if we're counting ourselves out before we even take the first step. And there's a huge difference. I want y'all to think about things you've seen in your friend's life or in your life where confidence and not confidence looks totally different in actual real life. So let's talk about that. If I'm confident, I apply for the job. If I'm not confident, I don't. I see this with women all the time. Y'all, men on the whole do not count themselves out for jobs if they don't check every box. Let's say of 10 different requirements for a job, a guy has five, he's going to apply for the job still. There is just a societal confidence there. Women, if we check nine out of 10 boxes, a lot of times we say, I don't have box number 10, so mm, I'm not eligible. I don't meet the requirements. Girl, turn that resume in right now. This is your sign. You can do this. You don't have to check off every box. Confidence looks like applying for the job. Not having confidence looks like counting yourself out before the process has even begun. Let the interviewers Let the acceptance committee decide if you're what they're looking for or not, but don't count yourself out before. Okay, if you're confident, you're going to introduce yourself. You're going to go up to somebody and say, hi, I'm Jennifer. I'm Baylor and Cameron's mom. (laughs) Okay, or hi, I'm new here. I would love to introduce myself. Tell me about yourself. If you're not confident, you're not going to introduce yourself. And you know what? that's going to happen sometimes. I just want to put a little asterisk right here, a little disclaimer. Confidence often looks like fumbling through things. So there are going to be times where you feel confident and you go for this. There are going to be times when you don't, and that's okay. Just keep going. Keep trying to be confident. Fumble your way through it. I've had some really odd introductions where I've tried to like go talk to somebody and it falls flat. Or when I have it, and I thought, dang, I wish I had introduced myself that day, because now I've run into this person five more times, and it's getting really awkward that like three months in, I'm going to ask her name. Okay, who's with me? Have y'all felt that? So 
Fumbling your way through it is part of it, but confidence looks like going for it, introducing yourself. Not being confident looks like not going for it. And what is important about that is relationship. We are designed, God made us to be in community and to be in relationships. And so if we don't have the confidence to approach, you know, our brothers and sisters, then we won't have relationships. So it's so important. Confidence also looks like going to the event or going to the party when you may not know anyone or you're nervous. Not being confident looks like not going at all because it you're not sure how it'll go. Or you might be in a corner by yourself for a little bit. Let me tell you something. My little sister in the sorority, Blair, I love this about her. We go through recruitment training as part of being in a sorority because we're recruiting members. So they teach us how to make people feel comfortable at home at ease so that we can get to know them and really start the in-depth conversation. And there's a rule in the whole process where no one is left by themselves, okay? And there's lots of reasons behind that rule, but you never want someone to be left by themselves. So Blair is super funny. She's just a natural comedian. And now like if we go somewhere and let's say we're at a party and talking after it, we'll de- you know, debrief. How did it go? Who'd you talk to? How was it? She'll say, I remembered my recruitment training. Never leave someone alone. I saw a girl alone and I went over and I talked to her because I didn't want her to be by herself. Isn't that beautiful? I love that. I also remember being in Maybe I was like 27-ish, 26, 27, and I was new to Memphis. I was new to Hope Church and the young adult community, and they always gathered at Swanky's. If you know Swanky's, it's delicious taco bar in East Memphis, and I wanted to go. I wanted to meet people. I wanted to be a part of it, and I, at this point, I had traveled for a year helping Kappa Delta chapters. I had been through graduate school. I have done a lot of living, you know, and I remember parking in the parking lot, being about to walk into this restaurant, and I could not have been more nervous. I was almost shaking. For someone that has been confident for so long, That's me fumbling through it. I was so nervous. I thought, what if they don't like me? What if I don't have anybody to talk to? I don't know anybody. None of my safety nets are here. It's just me. I was so nervous. And in that parking lot, I gave myself a little pep talk. I think I literally like took a deep breath, put my shoulders down, stood up tall and said, you can do this. You are going to do this. You can do this. We are going to do this. And it was great. Don't count yourself out. Go to the gathering. Go to the party. Go to the community and be a part of it. That's what confidence looks like. Confidence also looks like learning a new skill. I see this all over social media all the time, and I love it. There are so many people saying, you are not too old to chase your dream. You are not too old to start something new. And by golly, that is true. Learn the new skill. If you want to learn to play the guitar or sing or knit or craft or play tennis, go for it. You got one life to live. Be your full God-given self 
and go for it. You know, what's the worst that happens? It flops. You feel awkward. You're like, this isn't for me. And you move on. I ask Baylor that all the time. She has a lot of anxiety about new things. And so we talk about what's the worst that could happen. Okay, we go to soccer for the first time. She's very nervous about it. All right, Baylor, what's the worst that could happen? You don't like it. You don't like it. And we say we tried it. We didn't like it. We tried something else. So ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Go learn that new skill. Story time. When I was pregnant with Baylor, I I love singing. I've sang my whole life in church choirs and, you know, all the things that you sing in. And as I got into my late 20s, I missed singing. I wanted to work on honing that gift, work on technique and all the things. And so I took singing lessons. And y'all, I was so pregnant. It was like hard to take deep breaths all the time. (laughs) I was so pregnant. And we went to a concert. They had a concert like every other musical lesson does where you show what you've learned that semester. And my sweet, sweet mother-in-law and husband came and cheered me on. It was me and I think everyone else was definitely under 18 years old. (laughs) I was the only 30-year-old taking singing lessons. And you know what? It could be kind of weird or unusual, but I loved it. It was so fun. And looking back, I'm always thinking, wow, that was cool. I can tell Baylor she was in my belly and we were singing at this concert. Try the new skill. Who cares? What if somebody thinks you're weird? So what? Everybody's weird at some point. Do it. Have fun. Find a friend to do it with. They probably want to go do that too. Okay, back to more ideas of what confidence looks like and what not being confidence look, confident looks like. So let's review. It looks like confidence looks like applying for the job, introducing yourself, going to a party, learning a new skill. Confidence also looks like, and this is something that I have to work on weekly, voicing your concerns in a polite, kind way. If you have a concern, if you're worried about something, if you think this could be going differently or this is not what I expected or this process is confusing, confidence looks like voicing those concerns. It's so important. I talked to a friend the other week that said, I wasn't going to bring it up, but then I did bring it up. And guess what? They accepted my idea and changed things. And now they're so much smoother. Confidence looks like voicing your concern. Scott and I have this ongoing joke that no one likes feedback. (laughs) So I used to be like the feedback queen, not in, I I like peace. I like peace. I don't like conflict. I'm not going to ruffle feathers all the time, but for some reason in my work environment and in my marriage, like, whoo, yeah, I'll bring up all my feedback. And Scott and I have this joke because it doesn't always go like I want it to go, that no one likes feedback. He's like, Jennifer, no one, they don't want that feedback. Nobody likes feedback. So let's take that kind of off the table and say, just voicing concerns. Here's an idea. That's something that we should all feel confident doing. Not being confident looks like not saying anything and stewing. How many of us, let me raise both hands, 
have stewed. We stew about it. We vent about it, but we're, we never bring it up. So this is something I have to work on and I'm not there yet, but confidence definitely looks like voicing your concerns. Confidence also looks like loving yourself all the time. I did a Word Wednesday, I think. For a while, I was doing Word Wednesdays where we open the Bible and read God's Word and talk about it every Wednesday. That morphed into this podcast in a way. One of the Word Wednesdays, we talked about loving ourselves all the time. Because on social media, we are surrounded by, and I'm guilty of this. I have posted these before, before and afters. This was me. My life was terrible. I looked like this. I didn't have this product. I didn't have this makeup. I didn't have X. And here is me now. I have the product. I did the thing. I blah, blah, blah. My life. S-U-C-K-E-D, if your kids are listening. And now my life rocks. And that is marketing. That is social digital marketing. While you do feel better in that after photo, 99% of the time, let me tell you something. You are worth the same amount to God before and after. Love yourself all the time. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of community. And what I see a lot of times is that because we don't love ourselves all the time, that's when we don't go to the party. That's when we don't introduce ourselves. That's when we don't apply for the job because we say, I'm not ready yet. When I have lost weight, when I have better fashion, when I have more rest, then I'll apply for the job, introduce myself, go to the party. I'm not worthy right now. And that is a lie. You are worthy. Go for it. All of our confidence stems from that, from being secure with yourself and loving yourself, having that unshakable and lasting foundation of confidence. Okay, so let's pivot a little bit and talk about faking it till you make it. In the intro to this podcast, I talk about real confidence. It's not faking it. It's real confidence. And that's true. There is a difference, though, I would argue between, with myself, (laughs) between faking it and demonstrating the behaviors that you want. So being fake is you're not confident at all. There's no substance. There's no real passion, emotion, like it's not congruent. How you feel and what you want looks nothing like who you're pretending to be. That's fake. But what I'm talking about is demonstrating the behaviors that you want to see. For example, let's say you get invited to dinner with some new friends that you've never been to dinner with. Demonstrating the behavior that you want looks like accepting the invitation and going to dinner, even though you're terrified. Christy Wright, who has been a Day Ramsey personality, has coined the phrase, do it scared. That's what demonstrating the behavior looks like. You go, you demonstrate the behavior you want. I want to be confident. I want to participate. I want to show up with my whole self and live my life fully. So I'm going to go to this even though I'm scared to death and I'm not sure how to go, but I'm going to walk down the path that I want to be on. So that is a discipline of demonstrating the behavior 
before you feel like demonstrating it. It's discipline at its core. And the other thing to think about in the same vein is a quote that I love that I heard in high school. Every time you stand to speak, you sit down a stronger person. I was in a speech competition, like giving speeches. I'm not even sure how this came up. Now that I'm talking about it, I'm thinking it was a scholarship that I applied for. I had to be a junior or senior when you're in that whole mode of let me get scholarship money and you're applying for everything. P.S. Who is around my age and remembers what that looked like? It, it was like one website, one portal. You had to click through every page and see all the available scholarships. You had to print the application. There was no easy like fill in the PDF. There were no online forms. Oh my gosh. Talk about labor intensive. It was, it was so much work. So I think I applied for a speech competition in Montgomery, Alabama. We lived, you know, two and a half hours away. And so my parents drive me to the speech competition and they are so sweet. They're like, you know what? We will go stay in a hotel room so she can get a good night's rest, wake up early, do the speech. (laughs) Y'all, we drove all over Montgomery. This is back in the day where I don't even think you could book a hotel online. All you could do was call and see if they had availability. We, I don't even know how many hotels we stopped at. Had to be 20. There was a rodeo in town and like five other things. No availability. We ended up driving back home two and a half more hours and coming back the next morning. But it was great. I think I got second place. I did not have a speech coach at school. I did not know that there was a format that you should follow. But I gave my speech and it was fine. And at that, they gave us a book for participating about public speaking and said the quote, every time you stand to speak, you sit down a stronger person. And that's all about the practice and discipline of being confident. I love that. All right. Let's say that you're feeling more confident. You're doing all the things. You're putting yourself out there. You're growing. You're learning. At some point, you're going to feel like an imposter. You're going to say, I I don't know if I'm good enough. I don't know if I'm doing this job well enough. I don't know if I'm leading my children well enough. I don't know if I'm volunteering the right way. If people want to follow me in this leadership role, you are going to have self-doubt. Just mark your calendar from the day you start feeling confident. Go a month out and write imposter. You're going to start feeling like an imposter. This is so important. We've got to sit in this for a second because imposters, there are imposters, okay? Confidence is about humility, humbly loving the gifts God has given you and living them out. It's not being cocky. That's not confidence. That's an overuse of confidence. But there are imposters out there. And you're going to have this moment where you think, am I an imposter? Let me tell you, most of us are not imposters. It's like that Luke Bryan song. song. Uh, I believe most people are good, right? Most of us are not imposters, okay? If you're listening to this podcast, if you are wanting to build your confidence and improve yourself, you are likely not an imposter. So just live with that piece, okay? 
There are imposters out there. An imposter is someone who is intentionally trying to deceive someone to gain a personal gain or power. Okay, that's my definition. I did not look that up. Please do not fact check me. In my mind, that's what an imposter is. It's someone who has bad intent. They, you know, apply for a finance job, lie and say they have a degree in finance. They've never worked in finance and they're working for a company and it's going in the tank because of them. That's an imposter. Okay. We can all think about the trials that we've seen lately, like the court trials. And there's been a lot of imposter conversation around those different ones. So imposter, there are imposters out there you're likely not an imposter, okay? It's like in the Christian faith. So in the Christian faith, if you are taking steps of obedience and you are stepping into your calling and you're doing something really great for the Christian community or for your faith, you will encounter resistance. You will encounter an attack by the enemy. It's almost guaranteed. I remember working on uh, stepping into this leadership role for Hope Young Adults and talking with my friend Molly. And she goes, how's it going? We had lunch, Memphis Pizza Cafe. I'm feeling, it was just not a good day. Okay, I was feeling down. I was feeling like everything was harder than it should be. She said, how are you feeling about helping be a leader in this community of faith? And I said, I feel really under attack. She goes, yep, that happens every time. That happens every time. That means you're you're in the right direction. You're doing good work. And it's the same with confidence. You're going to be feeling more confident. And we talk about it in the work world, which applies in so many different situations, on a growth zone. So you have your comfort zone, and then you have your growth zone, and then you have your crisis zone where you're like, too much growth, too much growth. Hold the phone. No. You have pushed me too far. We don't want to be in that zone. But we also don't want to be in our comfort zone. In a growth zone, we are experiencing new things. We're learning. We don't know it all. Sometimes we may feel like we don't know what we're doing. And that's when you're going to feel like an imposter. Feeling like an imposter when you are making positive, good steps with good intentions to grow yourself and contribute positively to your life and the lives of others. When you are doing that, you will feel like an imposter along the way. And let me tell you how to handle that. Ignore. Bye-bye. That bird can fly through your head, but not nest in it. Okay. I think that, that might be an NLK quote, Martin Luther King Jr. The bird can fly through your head, but don't let it nest. Okay. I feel like an imposter. Cool. Let's keep rolling. Okay. Because that's part of the journey. And if you are an honest person living out of humility with good intentions, it just means you're growing. And it means you're someone that values contributing well. You want to do well. You want to succeed. You want to be the best you can be for yourself and the people around you. And you're growing and you're not sure how to do it all exactly right because you're growing and you're learning And that is normal and good, and you are not an imposter. Just keep rolling. Just keep rolling. And know that, let's flip that coin. You feel like an imposter. You feel bad. Flip that coin. 
I feel like an imposter, that means I'm on the right track. That means I'm growing. That's a good sign. You'll get, you'll arrive after that at a place of confidence if you keep working on it. Okay, and last but not least, I want to talk about our gifts, 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 y'all. I had an epiphany the other day. This is probably very basic to you all and you've known it forever, but it was just a sweet moment with Baylor where we were talking about, we were talking about how anything worth doing requires hard work. My friend Natalie said that to me the other week because she's working on some really hard projects. And she said, anything worth having is hard work. And it's true. So I'm instilling that in Baylor because she was doing dance, I think, or gymnastics and saying, this is really hard. It's so hard. It's so hard. All the other girls know what they're doing. I don't know what I'm doing. It's so hard. And so we talked about anything worth doing is hard work. And then I had this light bulb moment because she was saying it's not hard for some people or, but what about this? And I said, except for your gifts, except for your gifts. What a gift from God. Life is hard work. Doing things, anything pretty much, getting kids ready in the morning, getting yourself ready in the morning, making dinner, doing grocery shopping, paying your bills, Anything worth having is really hard work. But thank you, Lord, that we have gifts that are not hard at all. Your gift is something that just, it's not hard work. It is easy for you. You enjoy it. You feel great when you're doing this. That's your gift. It's what someone else looks at you and goes, how she do that so easily? Do you have friends like that? I have friends that... I look at them and go, that was so easy for you. How do you do that? That's really hard work for me. Hard work for me. Your gift is something that's hard work for other people, but not for you. That's your gift from God. That's your present. Enjoy it. Live it. Okay. So I want to talk about what some gifts are. And James 117 PS, James was Jesus's brother. Did y'all know that? I just want us to stop and talk about what if you were Jesus's brother and you're talking about gifts and good things from above. Don't you think James was probably sometimes like, I'm not as good as Jesus. So in this chapter, he's talking about that all good things are from above and not being deceived by imposters. All right. But this verse is every good and perfect gift is from above. So if there's something good in your life, something good, your good gift that's from God. Of course we should do that, not hold ourselves back from living that fully. For me, some of my gifts that I'm discovering are like this podcast. It's easy for me. I enjoy it. It's not taxing. It's not exhausting. When I finish making a podcast, I have more energy than I had before. I'm kind of geeked, geeked out, you know, I'm like, all this energy. What's your thing like that. What's your podcast? Okay. What's your thing that gives you energy? Another thing that's my gift that can be exhausting for others is I'm an extrovert and I love a good social situation, a good party, a good gathering. So we were in El Paso for a work trip last October and it was several days of just, oh, girl, fun, having fun, leadership meetings, 
go into dinner, go into breakfast, sightseeing a little bit, but all of this big group talking, 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 talking all the time. And the last night we had a party at someone's house and it was just so fun. We all dressed up. What was the theme? Let me remember. Maybe rhinestone cowgirl or something. It was fun. Everybody's wearing denim and diamonds and rhinestones and sequins and everything. And I was, y'all, I was pumped. And I start talking to people and I realize because this is the last day that people have hit a wall. And literally some people were verbalizing, I have hit a wall. People are like sitting, you know, off by themselves or in smaller groups and just kind of chilling. And I am, y'all, I'm ready to extrovert. I'm fine. I did not hit a wall. There's no wall for me. And I realized not everybody wants to talk this much right now. People just want to chill. Okay. But like, that's because in my world, in my gift, it was easy for me to talk, 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 talk. Scott is an introvert. He needs recovery time. I have a friend that calls it power save mode. Like when you have extroverted too much out of your comfort zone and you're like, I just need to sit here and recharge. So what is your gift? What is your thing that you could just go, 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 go all the time? When I look at my friends, they have so many different gifts that I go, how do you do that so easily? Being organized and not forgetting important dates and having it all together. I'm like, how do you do that? Oh my gosh. I can do it if I'm forced to, like if my job is to do X and I go sit at a desk and I do that every day and I have a running list, like I can do it okay, but I have friends that rock it. Like I have a fair amount of mom fails. Like recently, yesterday, I realized I missed the sign up for cheerleader for Baylor. There was a Zoom meeting, an info meeting. There was an email There is no reason for me to have missed that. I just did because that is not my gift and I'm not good at that. And I have to do the mom fail email where I say, I'm so sorry. I don't know how I missed this, but can I still sign my daughter up? Okay. There are people that do that so easily. I have a friend that is so talented at managing her calendar and her home and keeping it clean and getting her haircut and all the doctor's appointments and everything. I mean, she can do it in her sleep. No, it's not draining for her. And do you know what I see her do? She keeps it all so straight that she can go have lots of fun, a game night. She can go to dinner. She can, her life is in order and it creates all this free space for her community time. I look at her and I go, how are you so good at that? How, how can you do that? That's exhausting for me. How are you so talented in this area? I have other friends that can just, you know, on a whim, go plan 10 things. People that are great at finances and numbers, and that's a talent for them. Or great with words, that's a talent for them. Or are great at discipline. I have a friend that can run four miles every morning like it's nothing. I mean, it's hard work for her and she does the work, but she's good at discipline. It, she is a disciplined person and she thrives in that. So what's your gift? What's your God-given gift? Have the confidence to step into that. And I want to leave you guys in summary 
with why competence is important. I think we've covered it a hundred different ways. And we've talked about what it's not, self-selecting ourselves out. But what confidence is, is self-selecting ourselves in. It's borrowing confidence. It's standing on the shoulders of those who have come before us. It is demonstrating the behaviors that we want to see before we feel like it. It's living our full selves, our full lives, and our God-given abilities. And here is the imagery that I want to leave you with. In high school, I played basketball. And for years, years and years and years, and you probably had a sport or a thing, whatever your thing was, high school kids typically have a thing. My thing was cheerleading and basketball. I worked so hard to be a starter on the team. And I knew my my parents raised me, you're going to be sitting on that bench for a few years. So seventh grade, you know, eighth grade. I, I got pulled up in ninth grade to the the high school team because our high school was 10th through 12th. And so ninth grade at the senior games, the high school games, I would sit on the bench. I didn't get to go into the game much. And my parents told me, you're going to, we call it riding the bench. You're going to ride the bench for a few years and you keep working hard before you get to be a starter. And I worked hard until I could be a starter on the team. And y'all, in the game, and we see this on TV with athletes, too, I'm like foaming at the mouth, ready, put me in, coach, put me in, coach, put me in, coach. I can't wait for my chance. I cannot wait for my chance to get out there, to get out there and play. I have dreams about it still now, where I'm like, put me in, coach, or I foul out. I was big at fouling out, like big, like it was a problem. Um, I would foul out too early, and then I wouldn't get to play as much, but I wanted to be in the game put me in coach. I worked so hard. Put me in. And now I have lately been contrasting that to things I want to do now in my life. Am I living from a standpoint of put me in coach? Lord, put me in. I'm ready. I want to serve. I want to lead. I want to do this. I want to go for this. Or am I approaching life like I'm not sure if I'm ready. I'll just sit on the bench. And a lot of times I'm living life from a standpoint of I'm not ready yet. Let me sit on the bench. And I think we can all learn a lot from that sports analogy. If I go back to my old self in high school where I think about all the confidence that I had and I also think about how I was living. When you're in high school, you know, let's say you're in 10th grade. I've got three years left only three years to play basketball for the Appalachian Eagles. Put me in coach. We live with this sense of urgency and know that it's a special moment and that we got to go for it because that moment ends. And so lately I've been looking back to that phase of my life and going, let's transplant that confidence, that zest, that zeal, that wanting to be in the game. And plug it into our lives today. Lord, put me in. Put me in, coach. I'm ready. Did that mean that I hit every shot in high school? Oh, let me tell you, I was a terrible shooter. Defense was my game. I missed a lot of shots, but I could play some good defense, right? So I wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but I still wanted to be in the game. Let's do that today. 
Let's live confidently. Why is that important? Because you get to be in the game. You get to make a difference, an impact, a moment, have fun. Let's be in the game. Put me in coach and live confidently. I hope you feel more confident. I hope that you can walk every day down that path, taking those steps toward living yourself fully and being the person that God has called you to be. Do you feel more confident? Maybe just a little bit? Stand up taller, hold your head higher. You've got this. I hope you feel more confident. Thank you so much for joining me for Real Confidence. Please remember to comment, like, and share, and subscribe.